the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. This is the third part of this particular message that we have been in for now the third week in a row. It is called the divorce pandemic uh, in light of the state of marriages and uh, all that's been going on. Uh, It is not an American thing. It is a global thing. And uh, divorce actually breaks the heart of Almighty God. So we, we have been preaching through the book of Malachi and we have parked in Malachi chapter two. So if you would be so kind enough as to turn your Bibles to that particular passage, Malachi chapter two, and we'll just uh, land with that 16th verse and then we'll show, um, go from there. You know, some things you have to go slow and let simmer in your heart. You know, it's such a microwave society. We think we can just rush the preaching of the word of God. Um, but uh, we, we are going to add fast forward on uh, to today's segment. Malachi chapter two, verse 16, it says, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. The divorce pandemic. Last week, we we gave we talked about biblical grounds for divorce. We talked about non-biblical grounds. Uh, we talked about divorce and remarriage, and and then we left off dealing with uh, the issue of separation. Uh, when Christians separate, and we want to just give a tidbit of review in that particular segment, and then we're going to move on. There are times in in marriages where things become so difficult and, and even sometimes so volatile until separation uh, is needful because of something very uh, devastating happening in that particular union. But allow me to share some words of wisdom regarding separation, and then we'll move forward. Last week, I said that uh, even when there are biblical grounds for divorce, I never personally as pastor tell anyone to get a divorce. That decision is between you and the Lord. I am not your God. I am not your judge. You know, so and like I said last week, even when there are biblical grounds for divorce, it doesn't negate the fact that God hates divorce. That's his attitude. Uh, divorce is his idea, but it is not his ideal. It, is, it ought to be the last resort. And uh, all this stuff that folk are divorcing over uh, breaks the heart of God. And even when the court sanctions it, it does not mean that it is legitimized in glory. 
So when there are biblical grounds for divorce, and to substantiate the reason why you are deporting, I never say you should get a divorce. That is a decision that is to be made between you and God. Pastor Draper told me to divorce you. No, no, you won't say that on me. B, in some cases, separation can be an alternative prior to divorce as a last resort toward reconciliation. You want your marriage so much, uh, but you're really not at the point that you want to divorce, even though you see it heading that way. So uh, many times uh, uh, separation is needful, hopefully to bring the party that's wayward back to themselves. And so reconciliation can, can take its place. C, Uh, It would be wise to abstain from sexual intimacy with your spouse or anyone else during periods of separation. Let's say your spouse or your husband, uh, they've been acting a fool and y'all separate and now he wants to ease back into the house, back and forward. And you you want to appease him or her through sexual intimacy. And we said last week, don't expect to have peace, P-E-A-C-E, by giving up a peace, P-I-E-C-E. You know, they're just dabbling in and out. How can they change or be transformed if they can just come in and get a little dab and run out? And you, you, you just teasing them. Don't tease them. You need to mean business. Amen. D, before allowing your spouse to come back home, it would be wise to set up some prerequisites as Christian counseling, uh, making sure your spouse is being nurtured spiritually before they come home. Hey, you need to see some, see them headed in the right direction by being nurtured spiritually in Sunday school, Bible study, and so forth. You need to be able to see and observe some visible changes that bring you a sense of peace regarding the relationship before allowing your spouse back in the home. There ought to be some conditions. You want to see some visible changes. Uh, e, never date a person who is separated and not yet divorced because you will run interference on the possibility of reconciliation. But let's just say you are single and are, are a divorcee and you, you're dating someone and that person has not yet divorced, but they're saying they are planning on divorcing. Uh, that is a foolish thing indeed uh, to hang around and be flirting with somebody who's thinking about divorcing who has not yet divorced because actually you run interference on the possibility of reconciliation because God may want to reunite and work out things and, and you're in God's way. So never date a person who is, who is still married but planning on getting divorced. Get out of the picture and let God be God. Amen? Yeah, for those of you who've just gone through a divorce, don't be so quick to enter another relationship. It takes time to heal. From your divorce and all of a sudden, three months later, I found somebody. Yeah, you may have found them, but uh, God is saying wait. And many times you find yourself in another uh, horrendous or horrific situation. For those who have just gone through a divorce, don't be so quick to enter into another relationship. It takes time to heal. If you get involved too soon, you may find yourself bringing old baggage into a new relationship. And often find yourself faced with the possibility of another divorce. You see, remarriage does not guarantee there will not be another divorce. Did you hear what I said? Remarriage does not necessarily guarantee that there will be another 
uh, divorce. Remarriage does not guarantee that. Did you not know that 80% of the second marriages fail and 85% of the third marriages fail and 90% of fourth marriages fail? Therefore, be patient. I give it to you again. Remarriage does not guarantee there will be another divorce. Uh, Did you not know that 80% of second marriages fail, 85% of third marriages fail, and 90% of fourth marriages fail? Therefore, be patient. Be patient. Don't let God work on you. Let God heal you. Be still and know he's God, says Psalms 4610. G, should your spouse fall into sin and is genuinely repentant, Don't be so quick to throw the marriage away. Should your spouse fall into sin and is genuinely repentant, don't be so quick to throw away the marriage. Give God room to work. If your spouse repents and remains faithful, praise God and be willing to forgive. With God's help, a marriage can survive any sin. Don't be so quick to wash your spouse's face with his or her past failures once they have truly genuinely repented and shown signs of remorse and contrition and have advanced on in a godly way when a future argument or something come up, don't talk about remember when. I mean, because God could go that way on us. Uh, he, He can pull a remember when on any of us. Amen. We need to forgive and not remember when on them. Hosea chapter three, verse one. Hosea 3, 1 says, then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of pagans. God told Hosea to go and get her again, again, and love her. And that's a, that's a picture of Israel. Uh, who went a whoring after other gods and, and, uh, and God loved Israel back. Since Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy marriage, how many of y'all realize Satan wants to bring a marriages to ruin? Isn't he doing a real good job? You can look around and see the devastation in, in marriages, Christian marriages, pagan marriages. And Satan doesn't care about how long you've been married, 50 years, two years, or two weeks. Satan always wants your marriage. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. You can't foolproof your marriage to the point that Satan can't get in it. Amen. You cannot foolproof your marriage to the point that Satan can't get in it. You know, he will tamper. He will tempt. He will test. That's his responsibility. He wants to break it down because he knows when the family goes, so goes the home, so goes the city, so goes the state, so goes the nation. And children are despondent and, and, and it affects the children, the future generation and all kinds of side effects results because of the family. And since Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy marriage, what must we do to preserve it? What must we do to preserve marriage? How do you prevent divorce? Because I believe when you, when you get married, you ought to throw away the key. Not keep it in your back pocket in case the marriage don't work. You lock yourself in 
throw away the keys so when difficulties come, you can't just run out. You have to work it out because you've locked yourselves in. So, so what must, how, how, do, how do we prevent divorce? How, 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 do we, how, how, how do we preserve the institution of marriage? Number one, number one, pray together. Pray together. James 5.16 says, confess your sins. You, you need to turn there. That's so critical. I want you to turn to these passages because you need to see what the word of God has to say. Uh, James 5.16. James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray, what? For each other so that you may be, what? Healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person this is reading from the New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. Wonderful results. Let me tell you something. A praying husband and wife is a staying husband and wife. I'm appalled at husbands and wives that don't pray together because there is power in prayer to be able to honestly dialogue and communicate and confess and share for each other, with each other. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. It is through prayer that the broken marriages are healed. It is through prayer that broken marriages are healed. It is through prayer that strongholds are broken. Strongholds. We, we're always working. I'm working on me. My wife is working on her. And then we're working on us. There will always be issues in your marriage. Either issues that you're talking about or not talking about that does not negate the fact that there are issues. Prayer breaks strongholds. And it's through prayer that spiritual progress is made. If your marriage is to make progress, it is to be through the ministry of prayer. Prayer. You need to infuse prayer. Prayer will stop a lot of arguments. Prayer make you hold your peace. Prayer make you wait when you want to run ahead. Prayer will control your flesh. Prayer make you share more. Amen. Prayer make you more sensitive. Prayer makes you more loving. Some of y'all say I'm talking too fast. I'm just talking to the Spirit. Give it to me. Prayer make you more loving. Prayer makes you more kind. Kind. Uh, prayer. Prayer. We we need to pray. And then pray. And then pray. Listen, if you can, you can get on your knees and pray and then get up and cuss your husband out. You need to get back on your knees. You, didn't, you got up too fast. You, you, you stay down there. Number two, we must love our spouse unconditionally. We must love our spouse. What? Say unconditionally. That's how God, we must love our spouse like God loves us. First Corinthians 13, 8a says love never fails. I love my wife. I love in her ups and her downs and her strengths and her weaknesses. And she loves me the same in my ups, downs, strengths and weaknesses and deficiencies. You know, her love for me or my love for her is not based on our ability to perform. You know, because I can't do enough performing. Yeah. At my best, I still mess up. She needs the Lord. I need the Lord. 
I need to love her as Christ, like Christ loved her, and she needs to love for me like, like Christ loves me. You see, uh, love is patient in my failures. It's patient in my failures. That's unconditional love. Patient in my failures. Patient in my deficiencies. Not based on performances. You're not the perfect wife. I'm not the perfect husband. But we do serve a perfect God and we ought to, the goal is headed toward perfection. We ought to be progressively getting better, not worse. We ought to be going backwards. We ought to be moving forward. Love unconditionally. Number three, how do we prevent divorce and preserve marriage? Communicate with each other lovingly, gently, and respectfully. Communicate with each other what? Lovingly, gently, and respectfully. Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6 says, when you, when you write that thought, then turn there as quickly as you can. Communicate with each other lovingly, gently, and respectfully. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. That, that's big. Have y'all found that scripture yet? It's in your Bible if you haven't torn that page out. Let... Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with what? Grace. Is there grace in your speech? Is there grace? Man, is there grace? Wife, is there grace? Seasoned with salt. I mean, the kind of speech that will preserve your marriage. You know, salt is, is a preservative. And you ought to be speaking preservation all over your marriage. At <laughs> any angle you come. And, and, and you know how you do that? It's not about putting a negative spin on everything. It's, it's seeing things from God's perspective and put a, a wisdom spin on it. <laughs> with grace. You got to think in order to talk with, in grace. You, you got to be quick to hear and slow to speak, to speak in grace. Seasoned with salt, your, your speech preserves the relationship that you may know how you ought to answer each other. The problem is y'all don't know how to talk to one another. You don't know how to answer each other. You're cold. Some of you are harsh. Some of you talk mean. Some of you are snappy. You talk edgy. You're short. I mean, if you don't get what you want, that should not negate the grace. If it's not your way, realize God is still sovereign and in control. You realize it's not about me, it's about Christ. You don't seek your interest, you seek her interest, and she seek your interest. As you seek hers and she's seeking yours, that create a great oneness, spirit of oneness within the context of marriage. 
Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. Soft answers. You got to think to give soft answers. You don't just happen to give a soft answer. You have the purpose in your heart. How can I answer my spouse without degrading her or without devaluing her or making her feel less than or making him feel less than? What you want? I told you that before. You know, you poor husband go to H-E-B and you, you tell him three things. He bring back one. Can't you get it right sometime? You forgot the trash again? And on and on and on. Wait. 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 Some of y'all are used to being so snappy. And that's just the way you talk. But because it's your way of speech don't mean it is right. Catch yourself. Catch yourself. Catch yourself. Please catch yourself. God has been too good to you. God didn't bring you here and this far for you to talk to the one you love. Listen, when you were trying to get her, you didn't talk like that. She wouldn't be there. And vice versa. Now, you need to bring some of that that pre-marriage talk back into the relationship. Do I have a witness out there? Oh, God, help me today. You see, communication is communicate with each other lovingly, gently and respectfully. Listen, as it relates to communication, a spirit filled spouse will enhance his or her communication by speaking gently, softly, sensitively. And positively, a spirit-filled spouse will enhance his and her communication. You will enhance your communication by speaking gently, softly, sensitively, and positively. You know, they are not cold, harsh, or abusive in speech. Or abusive in speech. Listen to this. When you speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit and in wisdom from the Father, your words will accomplish much. That's a big thought. I hope hope that didn't run by you. Listen. When you speak under the influence of whom? The Holy Spirit. And in wisdom from the Father, your words will accomplish much. That's powerful. When you speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit and in wisdom from the Father, your words as you communicate lovingly with your spouse will accomplish much. I love Isaiah 55, 11. Uh, Turn there, if you will. Isaiah 55, 11. I'm giving you a prescription for preventing the disease of divorce. Isaiah 55, 11. When you find it, say amen. Good. Look what it says. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But look, underline this. But it shall accomplish what I please. <laughs> and it will prosper in the things 
for which I sent it. That's big, y'all. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me, what? Void. This is a New King James Version. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. In other words, the word of God in speech helps your communication to accomplish much or to accomplish the desired end. Your marriage will flourish and prosper because of communication. Because of communication. You know? Number four, to prevent divorce, forgive one another regularly and let go of past hurts and failures. If you're going to survive, you're going to make it. If you want to stay out of the divorce court, if you don't want your marriage to be part of the stats, then you got to forgive one another regularly and let go of past failures. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many of y'all have experienced the forgiveness of God? Huh? How many of you? Let me see your hands if you experienced the forgiveness of God. Amen. Well, now, who's experiencing your forgiveness? You want God to forgive you, but then who are you forgiving? Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians 3, 13. Look what it says. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians 3, 13. It says, bearing with one another. You know, that's big. Underline that. Bearing with what? You know, you got to bear through some things. You first get married, man. Uh, the way you approach things is day and night. You think you know the person, but you don't know them till after you say, I do. That's right. Then you begin to find out things that you've never thought before, never conceived in your mind. You say, wow. You know, how you approach things. And you're going to be different for the mere fact that you're male and female. Different backgrounds. And a different, uh, your, your, your upbringing is oftentimes different. So you have to bear with one another. Bearing with one another means to wait with one another. You have to wait through certain things. And forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 210- Eight two one five six eight three. 
It's that time again. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to an interactive, life-changing adventure for the entire family during our annual Vacation Bible School held Sunday through Thursday, June 5th through the 9th at 6 p.m. daily. Join us as we sing, pray, and explore Bible stories as we unearth the truth about Jesus. Grow in your faith with us as we celebrate and give thanks to Christ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.